You're listening to the Della Darling Podcast. I'm Emily. And I'm Dara. We're taking Dara's love of telling people's stories, Emily's love of attending events, and our mutual love of the first date, and highlighting the best people to meet, places to go, and things to do that Delaware has to offer. Hello, everyone. Uh, This is kind of an exciting episode, as they all are, but we're going to do our intro with me and Dara, um, and then we're going to have the meatier part of the episode with our guest. The interns are going to, they're going to take on a larger role for this episode as Dara's not available. Yeah, I'm sorry that I won't be there tonight, Emily, but I know that this is an exciting moment where uh, Nutmeg and Clove can really step up and, um, you know, earn their keep as they are unpaid interns and uh, they're working for their living. Uh, Well, they're trying. I mean, I don't know that they're really working too hard. Um, but I'm, I am excited for that. Um, but before we get to our guest, let's catch up a little bit. What have you been up to? I, I had Halloween and I enjoyed it. And then it seemed like the very next day, um, both, both personally and through the media, I started getting, um, assaulted by these feelings of, of Christmas time and winter. So I think even though October, you know, went by very quickly, um, I'm already very much ready for the holidays somehow. Me too. And I am not going to be ashamed to admit, I began watching Hallmark <laughs> movies on October 25th. Hallmark Christmas movies, I should specify, because I had been watching the fall one. And I went Christmas decor shopping on like October That's a good 27th. plan because I, so for Halloween, I was a little bit behind. And then I thought, you know what, I'll run into Marshalls or TJ Maxx and see if they have like, you know, a sale. If there's anything cute, I can grab just to like have a little centerpiece. Um, everything was already on sale and put in the, the clearance section. It's, you know, since. And, all, and you know what, all the good stuff gets gone. So, um, you can definitely get some good deals on clearance, but you're not going to get, you know, you're sort of getting bottom of the barrel. So I was a little bit proactive this year. I didn't get a ton. I actually got more clearance fall decor, sort of more general, leaf and pumpkin decor, not so much Halloween. Um, but I was glad to do that, but it did remind me of, you know, as I was been watching Hallmark movies and, you know, I'm on a mission to watch them all, um, which is a great endeavor. I'm tired already just thinking about it. But, um, last year, um, in December, we had a Hallmark channel expert come on and we pitched our Hallmark channel movie ideas. Yes. And I'm kind of disappointed that we can't do it again this year. Although I guess we could, I, I don't know if there really are any rules to the podcast, but we had such a great time talking with your mother um, and uh, pitching her as the the fake Hallmark executive since she is such a, a great resource and, and has such a talented eye for, for knowing what a Hallmark movie is all about. Yes. And so I'm watching all the Hallmark movies. I haven't seen any of them set in Delaware quite yet, Um, but it, you know, it could be coming. So listeners who are out there, I don't really watch Lifetime movies. So if they're setting Lifetime movies in Delaware, let us know because we want to watch them. So you and your mom, I think that listeners know um, you have a great relationship. You're always doing stuff together. Um, you know, sometimes your your grandmother and, and different family members are tagging along. And I know a couple months ago, um, you and your mom and maybe even your grandmother as well went to see the crown exhibit at Winterthur and then had a nice lunch, right? We did. We actually went um, back in Memorial Day weekend, I think. Um, and it was a great exhibit. We had a really nice day, the three of us together. You're right. It was my mom and my grandmother. Um, and I'm actually going to be going back. Um, so listeners, we're giving you a what's coming up, but we're giving it to you in the first few minutes of the episode. Um, the choir school is actually doing a concert and lecture in partnership with Winterthur. So it's going to be on Friday, November 15th, 6.30 p.m. There will be a lecture um, and it will be about how choir and the British royals have had a relationship for many, many years, like the Westminster Choir, uh, Westminster Abbey Choir, et cetera. Um, and just the role of the crown and the choir together. So there will be a lecture followed by a concert with the choir school. Um, and I think tickets are in the $30 range, somewhere around there. And you can purchase those at choirschoolofdelaware.org. So definitely encourage people to come out for that. Um, 
and the exhibit for Costuming the Crown will be open. So you can also check out the exhibit, the lecture, and the concert. Yeah, so I was finally able to see the exhibit myself um, this past weekend. I'd seen the Downton Abbey exhibit when it was there a few years ago. Um, So I was looking forward to seeing The Crown as well, especially since I watched the show. Um, And I was really impressed with um, the level of detail and interviews that they included from the design team talking about, you know, I think it's The Crown. So it's about um, Elizabeth and the royal family. And you think it's it's very historical and, and based on. The, the costumes are based on images that we've already seen in the press, um, but they actually made a number of kind of informed decisions about when to change things or when they had to change things because an actor was actually seven inches taller than the, um, you know, the historical figure. Um, so I thought that was really neat. And like you mentioned for the choir school exhibit, um, the choir event, um, I also noticed they have some Royal trivia nights coming up Um yeah. So I thought that sounded like something oh. you could do. There's one that's themed around royal weddings and there's one that's themed around royal holidays. Well, I do know a lot about royal weddings and we had our own trivia when we watched, you know, Prince Harry and Meghan's wedding. But we do have a royal wedding coming up in 2020 because Princess Beatrice got engaged this year. So Looking forward to that. Listeners, if you are interested in the watch party, we do like to get up at five in the morning and watch. So let us know if you're interested. You can join us. We Mm -hmm. do have the official tea from Harry and Meghan's wedding. So we will probably be sipping on that and we'll probably put up our British photo booth again. Yes. And if you want to see Costuming the Crown, it's on view at Winneter until January 5th. Yes. So definitely check that out. We both really enjoyed it. Um, And as Dara said, it is an incredibly well curated exhibit, which is no small feat um, when you're trying to look at something as complicated and complex as sort of Hollywood, art, fashion, history, and where it all comes together. So well curated, great exhibit. Yeah, so that's kind of a arts and cultural um, event that we've both done recently. Um, what's some you know fun things that you've been up to? Not that museums aren't fun, but uh, for our our food and drink people, have you um, have you been out at all? Have you been trying anything new? Um, it's been a pretty quiet couple of weeks here, Adela Darling headquarters. Um, you know, as it gets colder, Nutmeg really hunkers down with her electric blanket and Hallmark movies. But we did go to happy hour at Stitch House, um, which is really fun. My friend at work did his licensing exam. And so we went out after he was done to celebrate having taken an eight-hour test. Um, So that's what's been going on. But I have something sort of like fun that's going to be happening and possibly will be open by the time listeners are hearing this. And that is a new Christmas-themed pop-up bar um, that will be opening on 9th Street called Blitzen. Yeah, this is something that I didn't know about until you flagged the news article for me. Um, I love that it's called Blitzen. I'm a little, um, sometimes I'm a little wary of, you know, themed pop-up bars. I think sometimes they can be really fun. Um, sometimes they overwhelm me a little bit, but I'm, I think when it's Christmas, um, I prefer the Christmas ones over the spooky ones. Um, you know, anything mm-hmm. with like warm drinks and fireplaces that's more up my alley yeah I I will actually have to admit the only pop-up bar I've been to was the Game of Thrones pop-up that was open um two summers ago in DC so I went down for the weekend that was sort of our destination we had a really really fun time um and that same pop-up bar basically just changes theme every couple of months they'll close for a couple weeks and then reopen and they also open in at Christmas time as Miracle on 34th Street themed. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. feeling like, you know, we're really getting some big city vibes with this pop-up bar. Um, and it's really cool. It's called Blitzen, which I think is just a great name for a bar, but also obviously Christmas themed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the idea behind the design, which Dallas Shaw, who is a local artist, um, and she's somebody who's been on our list several times, um, who we'd like to have on the podcast. So one day, hopefully you'll hear her. But she had this idea to do a den for Blitz and the Reindeer as decor. And so um, he's going to have like a fireplace with, um, you know, a portrait of Blitz and smoking a pipe above it. It's just going to be very homey reindeer den. Um, And so 
Dallas had the idea for this project and was talking to some people at Stitch House about it. And Dan Sheridan, who is um, the guy behind Stitch House and a couple other places, said, you know, I was going to open a bar in this location in a few months. Let's just try to do this pop-up temporarily in the meantime. Um, and so they decided to move forward with it and put it together pretty quickly. Yeah. Obviously I think we've talked a lot before about some of the seasonal things to do, like, um, the ice rink at the riverfront that's in its own way, a seasonal pop-up. Um, so we're, we're definitely about grabbing hold of the holidays. Um, you're, so we've, we have talked you and I about having Dallas Shaw on, so maybe we'll have to do a field trip and check out Blitzen and maybe get her on that way. Definitely have to do a field trip. And then, um, you know, it just gives us one more thing to hear her story about. So that's good. Um, and then another piece of news that I shared with you, and I don't know if you had seen it before, but I actually saw it on Twitter sometime last week, I think. Um, there was a woman who goes to thrift shops and whenever she sees a an unfinished piece of embroidery or et cetera, she purchases it and finishes it because she feels like no soul can rest with embroidery unfinished. So she saw this beautiful map of the United States, right? And then it had the border was all different blocks with different symbols for each of the states. So she, and, and she found all of the material, everything ready at this thrift shop. And it was, you know, $6 or something like that. So she purchased it and realized it would involve a lot of quilting and she's not a quilter. So she recruited a hundred people across the country who are helping to quilt and make these squares. Um, and there's a woman here in Delaware, Laura Najemi, who is doing Delaware's block. Wow. So your family, I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast before, um, but you have some serious quilters and crafters in your family. I do. Um, so when I actually saw this Twitter thread last week, I sent it to, I screenshotted all of the thread. Um, my grandmother's not on Twitter. This is on my, on my dad's side. And I sent her the thread um, and I just said, it made me think of her. And she said, OMG, this is so great. And it's so good to know there are souls out there helping people finish their, um, I think she said UF, I think it was UFOs, but it was unfinished I don't remember what the word was, um, but it was her UFOs. And then she told me that she is envisioning my cousin and I having to finish dozens and dozens of her UFOs. And so it has given her a swift kick to get some of them done. Um, would you, I don't think that, I don't know you as an embroiderer, but if it, if you had to embroider the state of Delaware, would that get you to, to craft in this way? Um, I actually did a little bit of like cross stitching as a child. Um, my mom was actually, I think a cross stitcher in her, in her twenties. Um, but you know, it was, it was the, the eighties. It was a different time. We didn't have quite as much entertainment as we have now. So I did do a little bit of cross stitch and embroidery as a child. Definitely. If I felt like I was contributing to the great state, I I'm would sure. do my part. That's, that's what I thought you might say. So talking about contributing to, to Delaware, um, I this was something that I saw earlier in October, and then I forgot to talk about it. Um, so unfortunately, we couldn't encourage anyone to participate. Um, but Delaware Emergency Management Agency, uh, they organized a great shakeout earthquake drill um, on October 17th. So I don't know if you remember this. Um, some people might remember exactly where they were standing or what they were doing. Um, but in November, 2017, um, there was a 4.1 earthquake, um, that was centered near Dover. Um, so I don't, I didn't feel it. I think I was actually in a workout class at the time. So I was already jumping around and shaking a lot, but some people, you know, they, they felt their, uh, the floor shake. Did you? You know, it's so funny. That one, I don't remember mm -hmm. in the slightest even happening. I, I mean, I know it did. Um, but the other one that happened on the East Coast that I do remember was back in 2012 at the end of August, I would say. And it was um, centered near D.C., but it was felt throughout the East Coast. And for that one, I was in college still, and I was in the basement of a, you know, 200-year-old building. And so I had no yeah. idea there had been any sort of movement. So it was very, if you did feel it, it was um, very unexpected. Yeah. Um, so on October 17th, um, you know, 
in the same sort of season as the other earthquakes that happened, um, they encouraged uh, the Lowerians to uh, drop cover and hold on for earthquake preparedness. Um, and the advice was to at, at 10, 17 a.m. on October 17th, um, those who are participating and you could sign up beforehand to say that, you know, this was something important to you and you'd be taking part. Um, you were all supposed to drop to the ground, uh, get under a sturdy desk or table, and hold on until the shaking stops. And uh, for this, there was no real earthquake, so it was the, the imaginary shaking. It was a test. Just a test drive. Um, mm-hmm. Well, that's cool because they did it at 1017 on 1017. But um, for those who did not know and did not participate like myself, I think it's a good reminder of what to do during an earthquake. It doesn't happen to us very often. So maybe we need the reminder a little more than others. So I think, so I think that brings us to our guest. So Dara, do you want to give a, a quick little introduction before you have to say goodbye? Yeah, so one of the reasons why I'm excited to have uh, Nutmeg and Clove there tonight is because, Emily, you actually found... Um, someone who works with animals, um, pets in uh, a somewhat unusual way, um, or in an unexpected way. Um, So you're going to meet with uh, Cheryl McClay, who is an animal communicator, and um, she may be able to get some questions answered um, or asked on behalf of Nutmeg and Clove. Yes. So we haven't met Cheryl yet. She's supposed to arrive shortly. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, But yeah, she discovered a few years ago, I guess, that she um, has this ability to communicate with animals. I mean, I talk to Nutmeg and in my opinion, Nutmeg responds, but who knows if that's really what she's saying. So hopefully Cheryl can clear some of that up. Um, I'm excited to hear what messages Nutmeg and Clove have for me that they don't think I'm hearing. Um, but I, I think it's going to be a really fun and interesting episode. Yeah. So I hope that you'll ask her and find out more about how she gets started, um, what this job means, because it's not something that I can say I've ever met someone else, um, who does this and, uh, you know, how, how it became part of her life. Yes. So we're really looking forward to talking to Cheryl and Dara. Thank you so much for joining us for this first part. So I'm back and joined by Cheryl McClay, who is an animal communicator among, I'm sure many other things. Um, she lives here in Delaware. So we're really excited to have her here tonight. The interns have apparently been talking up a storm since she walked in the door. Yeah. Yeah, they have. It's exciting to be here. So I think Nutmeg's really excited about it as well. She gets very excited for recordings. Um, There's a lot of excitement when someone arrives and then there's a lot of excitement because she knows the routine of getting treats. Mm -hmm. So she knows when we sit down at the table with the microphone. (laughs) It's her time. It's her time. (laughs) It's really her time for treats. That's right. Yes. So she sits very attentively for the rest of the episode. (laughs) Yeah. We were fast friends. So that was great. Yeah. That is good because yep. we we joke, um, you know, Nutmeg is in charge of security. It makes sense. She does as she do, should be. Right, she does the yeah. final security check, yeah. and Clove is in charge of um, sound. So she likes to set up the microphone and check it throughout the episode. Oh, okay, very good. Um, yeah. So she was over here already. So I think she did one check. To, yeah. So to get she, us started. She, she typically checks it several times throughout <laughs> the episode. Well, she's welcome to come back, of course. I'm sure she us. will. She um. No, she didn't want to be around Nutmeg, I think. is. <laughs> she didn't. She was a little bit thinking Nutmeg was going to steal her treats, which would have happened. So, yeah. yeah. They, yes. So, so, not that I want to ask you to talk to them. <laughs> no, like, it's fine. What is their dynamic when it comes to food? Um, well, all of it Nutmeg thinks is hers. Okay. And, of course, Clove doesn't feel like that. So, um, basically, you know, Nutmeg thinks, well, I don't understand why there's hands off anything. If it's, if it's there, it's mine and it's available. And Clove is very much not like that. And like, this is mine and that is yours. And if you're getting a treat, I want one. Interesting. Because Clove eats Nutmeg's food. Like sits down and goes to town. Well, because that's fine for her, but, but they, Nutmeg still thinks that it's all hers. Well, everything is Nutmeg's. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. She has no, no boundaries. sharing abilities. Yeah, there's no, no boundaries. No, she has no boundaries. She has very distinct boundaries for others who come to her. <laughs> right. 
But she herself doesn't feel like there's one. But as soon as you got the treats out, Clove was right away like, oh, where's mine? Where's mine? Oh, well, if Nutmeg's getting one, I'm getting one too. Um, and, then, and then didn't go for it on purpose to wait to see Nutmeg's reaction. So. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that was a game for you with the was treats it? on the floor. Yeah, was absolutely. Mm -hmm. They do. I don't know if they like to test me or just drive me crazy. Both. Great. <laughs> Great. They're more, um, more or less playing with each other, so. That's good. They have a good relationship? They do. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's good. It's like siblings. I mean, it's on again, off again. It's, so. so, yeah. So, Clove is a fairly new addition. Okay. She came here in May. Okay. And so that has been an adjustment because mm -hmm. Nutmeg didn't really know any cats before that. Oh, all right. Yeah, I didn't ask about that. All right. Well, you're doing really well. Do you like yeah. Clove? Yeah. Well, she's, she says Clove thinks she's in charge. And Nutmeg thinks Nutmeg's in charge. Mm -hmm. Correct. They're I'm both, not surprised. They're both right. Yeah. <laughs> of course they are. Yeah. They're both As are right. most people with pets, yeah. <laughs> that is great. Um, so I guess let's start sort of at the beginning. Sure. When did you first, because I talk to my dog all the time. Uh -huh. I talk to Clove Good. all the time. Yeah. Um, they look at me and I think I know what they're saying. You probably but I, do. I don't know that I'm as connected to it as you are. So how mm -hmm. did you first realize you could really hear them or understand them? It's a really great question. So um, just to start off, everybody can do this and we don't know that we can do it. We don't have confidence that we can do it is really what it is. Um, but most of us who are really connected to our animals know that you can communicate with them. Like you already know what they're thinking. They're already talking to you. They're sending you signs and signals. Um, and you know, you just have to kind of tune into the frequency and mostly it's just believing what you think you're hearing. Um, so I think that I've been doing it my whole life. I spent a lot of time like me and my dog when I was little and I wouldn't have told you then that I was doing that, but I just knew that we were really bonded. And then, you know, as you get older, you kind of push all that away and get like the real job and the real career and all that stuff. And, um, as a, as in my early twenties, I got uh, my first dog as an adult and, um, and he and I were, were tight. I mean, we were like super connected and I, I think when, especially like I'm in my twenties, I have, now I have my dog and cat, but mm -hmm. we are uh, two peas in a pod. She's yep. my best friend. Yeah, absolutely. He was, he was my, my buddy. He was my soulmate. Like I just knew it. We were, we were just really bound together and, um, he, he lived until he was 11, which is, was pretty young. He's a, he was a black lab. But um, he had osteosarcoma and passed away of cancer. But in any case, I took it really hard when, when he passed away. And um, I was, you know, I, I, someone had told me a really great idea as he was getting sick. Because it was a very long, drawn-out illness for him. He, we had to have his leg amputated. And, so it was a lot. It was really complicated. It was really emotional. It was really emotional for me, emotional for him. Um, and, you know, he did really well after that surgery. And he, you know, lived for a year and a half. But in in all of that process, someone had said to me as I was, I felt like I was already grieving before he was gone. And I had two really great pieces of advice. And one was, don't grieve before you need to. Um, and that was really important because I, I knew that because of how sick he was, I was already in that process of, of fearing, like losing him. So don't grieve until you need to. Um, but also, uh, someone had given me this great idea of saying, you know, she had said when, when she was attached to her dog as well, and she gave her dog a sign and said, when you get to the other side, I want to know that you're there. I want to know that you've reached heaven or wherever you are, or whatever you want to call that place. And um, she had done something very traditional, which was a butterfly. Okay. And uh, and she said, sure enough, you know, within like a day of her dog passing, there there was this butterfly wouldn't leave her porch. And she knew in that moment that was her sign that her dog had made it to the other side. And for listeners, I'm like sitting here tearing <laughs> up, like tears are about <laughs> to stream down my cheeks. I just, you know. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was, I thought that was an amazing idea. It was just the comfort of knowing that you're somewhere else and, and you're not gone. And I loved that idea. And I was so desperate to communicate it to him that I, I probably told him over like a hundred times before he passed away. And I've since learned that you don't need it to do it that way. Like they can hear you after they've passed as well. So you don't quite have to be as insistent as I was beforehand. But um, I had told him that uh, when he got to the other side, I, I wanted, to, um, wanted him to let me know he was there by showing me tennis balls. 
This sounds silly, but I wanted to pick something that wasn't so familiar, like, you know, a butterfly or you right, know, something like right. that. Just because I, I felt like I wanted to be unique and I wanted to be about him. And I was so specific that I said, and it's not like I can walk into Dick's Sporting Goods and see like a wall of tennis balls and be like, oh, there you are. And I said, it has to be random, like random tennis balls. And, um, you know, I, I was, you know, he passed away and I'm thinking, I wonder if my message got through. The next day, my uh, next door neighbor, who always played football, uh, was outside and I was taking, and I was grieving and I took my other dogs for a walk. And as I'm, I'm walking outside, this neighbor of mine, he wildly throws a ball. It, it was, it was bizarre. It almost looked like he had no control over his arm. Like, and I could see it in his face and he's thinking like, what am I doing? I'm going to hit her car with this ball. And here he throw wildly throws this ball and it lands at my feet and it's a tennis ball. And in that moment I was like, oh, okay message received now you might say it's coincidence or whatever but the kid never played with tennis balls i never saw i always saw him with the football so the fact that that day he picked a tennis ball and he wildly threw it and it landed right at my feet that was that was something for me um and since then my husband and i it's like our it's not it's like our running joke whenever we need affirmation on something in our lives often our tennis ball shows up Mm-hmm. And we know that we're moving in the right direction. We, I mean, there's countless examples I can give you, but the most recent one, a couple of years ago, we were looking to buy a house. Um, we weren't even looking to buy a house, to be honest with you. I was like perusing houses online and I saw one that I was like, this is house. I, I had a dream about a house and I, my husband, he's used to me at this point. So I tell him, you know, I'm like, this is the house I saw in my dream. And he's like, okay. So, um, you know, I contacted a realtor and asked if we can go see the house and, um, he took us through the next day and we went to the backyard and there's a, there's a in-ground pool and there, it was covered and right in the middle of the cover is a tennis ball. So my husband and I both point to the tennis ball and we look at each other and we're like, well, I, I guess this is it. And I, I'm telling you the realtor probably thought we were the craziest people ever because he's just like, what, you just made a decision on this house based on, on that tennis ball and we're like well yeah i mean that's our sign so we know we're in the right place if we find a tennis ball anyway we it was a it was a house that was on short sale there was like 50 other offers and ours was the one that was taken accepted so we moved you know about six months later after we remodeled but anyway so that's how i started with this because i wanted i wanted a sign i want an affirmation that um that my pet that i was so connected to wasn't wasn't gone and um, throughout that process, someone had purchased a, a pet rating for me from a pet psychic. And I wasn't sure, but I went. I mean, we're, I think we're all a wasn't little sure. skeptical. You right? never know. Yeah. I wasn't sure, so I went. And I was fascinated. And I was just thinking, like, this is amazing. And that, I kind of suspected that I could do it, but I wasn't sure. So um, she offered some classes. So I took it. You know, and I thought, well, fine, I'll try it. This is fun, right? It's a fun thing. So I took the class, and she pulled me aside, and she said, no, you're really good at this. And I thought, no, like everybody, I mean, no, I'm not right. And she said, no, no, you really are. Um, and after that, it just, once I learned a technique, like the information just kind of started coming and I was really skeptical for about a year. And finally I reached out to her again and I said, I kind of really think I'm doing this, but I don't feel confident. So I mentored, um, with her for in over a year and, um, and we just kept practicing and practicing and practicing. And, and, you know, after that, I just, kind of took off and started doing my thing. So yeah, it was a process. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's been a few years now that I've been doing this, but it's awesome. It's one of the things I love to do about what I do. Um, it's fun. I talk to animals about all kinds of things. So, um, a lot of times people contact me when they have like behavior things going on and they want to understand, you know, why this is happening or why their animals doing whatever they're doing. Um, I can talk to animals that are living or deceased. So, um, the messages are, are very different by the time they get to the other side and the things they want to talk to us about. Um, but for animals that are living, you know, it's just, it's just about a frequency. So, you know, it's just like speaking a different language and, um, they just happen to tune into a different frequency and they, and it's all, te- it's, you know, telepathic. So it's just this, exactly the same as the idea of, you know, you're thinking about your mom and your phone rings and it's your mom and you thought, Oh, I was just thinking about you. Right, because you thought about it and the message was sent and received to your mom in an instant. Yeah. 
and she calls you, you know, but it's just, it's that quick and it's that instantaneous that the information is sent. Just like my cell phone, I have no idea how it works. I'm going to be really honest with you. Like, all I know is that I want it to work. You know, the call comes in, the text goes. I don't know how the me the words go from here to there. It's kind of the same idea. So um, when you're tuned into the same frequency as they are, the thoughts just come into your head. It's not in some funny voice or anything like that. It's just yeah. That was gonna be my question. Like, yeah. do you get not that it would be a funny voice, <laughs> no. but like, do they have different like voices? Sometimes, yeah. Like some sometimes. Or does it like, all just kind of sound like you in your head? Most of the time, it sounds like me in my head. Um, every so often, I get them with accents, which. T cracks me up when I hear dogs. Sometimes I can hear. Are they accents. like from a home where they're like the they're... South? A lot of times okay. I get like a Southern accent. Um, okay. Uh, yeah. Right now I'm actually working on a lost pet case. I do lost pet cases as well, and um, what one of the areas where we've been searching because because I've connected to the area. There's actually, uh, I think it's an alpaca. I keep calling him a llama, but I'm pretty sure he's an alpaca. And anyway, so I, I was meditating, trying to get information there's, on it. There's a lost dog or cat, but yes. there's an alpaca in the area that has seen him? Correct. And okay. So I was talking to the alpaca okay. about the dog, and he had an accent. So it was very funny because I was meditating on it, and boom, in my head comes this, I keep calling him a llama, like I said. My, my son is three, so we read a lot of llama llama books. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. He, to me... You he, think he's an alpaca. To me, he's a llama. So, yeah, so if I go back and call him a llama. Anyway, so he pops into my head. I don't know that... I didn't even know there was going to be an alpaca where we were. Right. Um, and I see this alpaca in my head, and he says in an accent, I seen him. Just like that. I seen him. I mean, I don't speak like that. So, I knew it wasn't my vernacular, and I'm thinking, like... Okay. Who was talking to right, me? Right, like, where did that come from? The next day, I actually met um, my client on site to the area where we had tracked, and there was this white alpaca, and as soon as we got there, he, boop, popped his head up, and, it was and he was like, hey, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, and he was like, oh, there you are, and I'm like, oh, okay, all right, you're here, I see, I see, that's why a llama was in my dream last night, <laughs> in my meditation, yeah. because you're right here, so every once in a while, they're funny, and they come through with accents, I get a kick out of southern accents, when they come or British accents, they'll come across with, oh, but British accents okay. every once in a while. Um, and that's funny, but otherwise it, it just sounds like my own voice. Now they're, they're American. These two. Yeah. 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 I mean, um, and, and that's another thing too. Like they, sometimes they can speak multiple languages, but, um, what I hear is like universal. So I, if, if I'm speaking English, it, like, I hear it in English. It gotcha. translates it, like, for just me. Translates. But okay. if I, I can ask them, you know, like, do you know Spanish? And they'll tell me yes or no. So um, sometimes there's a communication barrier because, you know, a pet comes from a rescue. And they're like, oh, my, my animal doesn't know any commands. Well, they might not know them as language. So that's one of the things to consider. But, uh, yeah, it's very funny. It's very uh, For me, it's very amusing when they come through with an accent. I just think it's funny. But, no, I mean, otherwise it's not. It's not like some booming voice from God or something funny. It's just kind of like my it, own yeah, thoughts yeah, passing yeah. through it's my head. It's not quite like how you see it in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like like Bruce Almighty where you're like, oh, like big voice or anything right, like that. No. Right, right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Okay. And you have your own interns. Uh, my, yes. Right. Sorry, yes. We, we refer to all pets. Pets as the interns. As the interns. Makes sense. Everybody has interns. I do. I have four. You have four mm -hmm. interns. Okay, so yes. tell us about them. Um, well, they run my house. As, as do mm -hmm. all good interns. Of course, yes. Um, you know, they, my three-year-old thinks he runs house, but, but he doesn't. The, the dogs definitely do. And it's four dogs. Four dogs. Okay. Yes. One child. Um, the dogs were there before he was. So, oh. you know, they're, they're that, they do their thing. But so yeah, I have all four rescue dogs. Um, I have, uh, our oldest dog is 11 and he's, um, he's like a, he looks like a Karen Terrier. And he's a, he's a small little guy. He actually um, came with my my husband when when we got married. He already had Barley, so he brought him into. Well, Barley came with your husband. Well, your yeah, husband was no. a bonus. Well, right. Yeah, I mean, really, it was the dog. You were there for Barley. Your husband's oh, a bonus. Absolutely, I and I tell him that all the time. My husband, I tell him that. I'm yeah. like, you're lucky that you had Barley because that was your end right there. It's true. It's true. So um, so we had Barley. We had Barley. So did. So did when you met Barley, so you had met your husband first, mm -hmm. I assume, mm -hmm. then you met Barley. Right. Did you guys have a conversation that like made you know? No, because this was still really new to me. Okay. So I wasn't, wasn't quite there yet, okay. but I knew I bonded with him and he, you know, we had a thing when I came okay. over. So, 
I already knew if I like if the dog liked me, I like the dog. Like, well, you know, there's a bonus there. Um, and then we we when we first got married, we had um, I had a pack of seniors and Phantom, the dog I was talking about with the osteosarcoma, was one of them. So unfortunately, slowly everyone started to pass away. Right. So we had three pass away, um, and then we kind of started to rebuild a little bit. So I have. Um, a black lab uh, rescue um, from the SPCA in Delaware. He's a pointer black lab mix, and, and he's my buddy. Um, I have a picture of him tonight on Facebook because he is absolutely convinced I can not tell time anymore. Um, he keeps telling me that dinner is late because of daylight savings. So she eats at odd times, but Clove has an automatic feeder, six and six, and I have decided to keep it on old six and six. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, Because if not... Well, yeah, she, you're going to know she, about it. Right. She, yes. Mm-hmm. yes. So um, his name is Breaker, and he he tells me time all the time. So tonight he was absolutely convinced that I didn't know how to tell time anymore. And I said, no, it's just not. You have another hour. And he wanted to really debate with me. D- d- dogs know how to tell time. Oh, they absolutely know how to they tell time. They know. Yes. Absolutely. So, you know, he's like, no, you're wrong. And I said, no, no, you don't understand. And I tried to explain to him. I'm like, well, let me, let me go this route and tell him, you know, there's a time change twice a year. He definitely thought I was messing with him, and he thought I made it up. And he's like, "You just are. You're just making up stories now." And I and I said, "No, I'm not. Like this is a real thing." So anyway, he wasn't really convinced, but I ended up feeding him early. So I have Breaker. That's how it goes. He's in charge. He is absolutely, and he's very determined, and he's very driven. So yeah, when he wants to eat, he's gonna eat. But um, he's my hiker dog. So uh, my my girlfriend and I hike the Appalachian Trail. We do sections of that. So. He's done all 140 some miles of the trail with us that we've we've gone so far. But and then I have um, a black mouth cur dog. Uh, that's my only female, and that's Blaze. And um, she came from a rescue in New Jersey. And then I my last one. He is a senior. He's about nine, and um, he's like a Rottweiler mix. And he came. He was a foster fail for me, which you know if no one knows what that means, I, I volunteer with a dog rescue and. My, you, you foster in the attempt to house them until they are rescued by someone else. Correct. But you failed in that you loved him so much. He Absolutely. Yes. Foster yes. fail. Uh, yeah. Kitty, yeah. Kitty cat's a foster yeah. fail. Yeah. So, you I know, welcome she, to the club. I don't know if she knows that. Yeah. Oh. That she was only meant to be here yeah, temporarily. No, she, no, she had decided. Same thing with, she, with my, she, my guy, though. Like, she was here about 48 hours, and she lived here. Yep. He decided that he wasn't yeah. going anywhere else. Like, this was his home, and yeah. he was staying with us. So, you know, it is what it is. And, um, you know, my husband says we, we're, not, we're not allowed to foster anymore because I... Well, you can't have any more foster fails. Correct. Yeah. Right. So we're all done, you yeah. know, with fostering because I, I just can't be responsible enough to... <laughs> to give them up. To give them away. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So I have four interns of my own who, who rule my life, but... Yeah. That's good. Mm-hmm. And all have their own personalities. Oh, very much so. Yes. yes. They're mm-hmm. always... They all have different things they're in charge of. Oh, yeah. For sure. I, I hope Nutmeg is appreciative to have someone else to take on some of the burden. Mm-hmm. Has that helped? Yeah. You know, we yeah. had an invasion and you did nothing about it. So we got oh, some help. No. Can, can you tell her about it? Do you remember? Oh, yeah. Scary. I'm sure it was. You hid. Is that why? Yeah. Is Clove telling you about it? No, Nutmeg. Just Nutmeg? Well, what happened it, during the day? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm interested to see what she says. Where did you go? You hit. You hit under something. We or can you get upstairs? Went under the bed. You didn't know who they were. They didn't care that you were barking. They ignored you. Well, I'm kind of glad they ignored you. I know they were supposed to leave. She says, but they didn't listen. Did you know who it was? Were they people? No. No? Was it a mouse? Was it a mouse? We had a very large mouse infestation. You didn't do anything about this? (laughs) You don't hunt. That's Clove's job. Okay. All right, well, you see, you got some help. That's why Clovey came. They were just running rampant during the day? Yeah, they were. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Clovey came, and the mice are all gone now. Good job. Yeah, I had, I had a 
mouse issue as well. My dogs did nothing about it. Yeah. Nothing. Not one thing. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, there's four of you. I could I couldn't I was horrified first of all that it was happening. I was sitting watching TV. For clarification, most people have mice at least once, yeah. if not for a long period of time, multiple times. They just don't know. Yeah, I, I agree. And it was so funny because my husband was so determined. And every time he tried to put out something different, I was like, uh, mouse five, husband zero. You know, mouse yeah. six, oh, husband I mean, zero. Oh, I mean, I caught a um, lot of mice. A lot of mice. But... But I, I swear, one night it was, we needed help. I had it was dark. I just had the TV on, and I'm sitting on the couch. I have four dogs sitting with me, and I literally see the mouse running, and they all just stared at it. Yeah, they all just stared at the at, at it running away. And I'm thinking, like, you guys don't save me from anything. Here I am, like, hanging out on the couch, and the mouse is running around, and you guys are just watching it. Like, what's happening? So. How do you describe to people who are, like, skeptical? Like, how do you explain it to them? Do you feel like you have to convince them? Or do you just kind of say, like, if you're open to it, you're open. And if you're not, then you're, you know, yeah. you're not necessarily somebody I could convince. Yeah. I, both, honestly. Um, I think that, I think there's a part of me that wants to convince them. Um, but the more I do this, the more I realize that, Either either you're gonna believe me or not, and it's it's okay to be a skeptic. It's certainly fine, but then this is just isn't for you, um, and that and that's totally acceptable and okay. It doesn't work well when people aren't open to the idea, like the information doesn't come through, and it's just um, it becomes more more difficult to to communicate in general. And I feel like they leave just sometimes just as skeptical as they were before. Like, oh, they, everything is a coincidence. Oh, it just happens that you knew that, or it just happened that you knew this, or you didn't know this one thing, so therefore it's not true. Um, it doesn't work well when people try to, like, quiz you, when they're like, oh, tell me what my dog's favorite toy is. I don't know. I mean, half the time the favorite toy is not the favorite toy that you think it is, and that's the other problem. Oh, no, 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 they love their ball. And I'm like, well, they're telling me it's a rope. So... Um, you know, just because you think it's the ball doesn't mean it's the ball. My favorite toy is the ball. Her <laughs> favorite toys, if I had to guess, were the squeaky toys because she likes to tear them apart. Yeah, they're fun. Right. Yeah. I don't. Of course, because you have to clean them up. Correct. Absolutely. So tennis balls are better. And she does like them. Mm -hmm. You have fun with fetch. Yeah. You can do this with them, right? Yeah. She, yeah. She, so Yes, she loves to chomp them. Yeah. So, I mean, and a lot of times when people have questions like that, it's, it's, it's probably not even that helpful. Like... You don't need me to tell you what your dog's favorite toy is. Like, what? You don't. Mm -hmm. You don't need me for that. Like, what? What other messages do we want to get? Like, what do we need to get down to? So, yeah, I feel like the the more I do this, the more it, it's just I realize that there's not convincing people who don't want to be convinced, and that's totally fine, and it's totally okay to have that perspective. And a few years ago, I might have thought the same thing. So it's just changed for me. That's good. Clove has now joined us for the episode. She usually likes to be very involved. Let's see. You're based in Newcastle County, right? Yep. Yeah, I'm and, in Newark. And are you from Delaware originally? No, I'm actually from New Jersey. You're from um, New Jersey. Okay, yeah. so what brought you to Delaware? Um, <laughs> it was circular kind of route. So I grew up in South Jersey. Okay. Uh, I went to college in Philadelphia. Okay. And then um, from there, I actually took a job for a couple years in Cincinnati. So I moved to Cincinnati. Uh, where I got my first a dog as an adult. Mm -hmm. um, and I lived there for a couple years. And um, then I decided um, to move back towards the East Coast. And we were, I was trying to figure out where I really wanted to be. And I was going back for grad school. So um, it was either going to be Philadelphia again or Delaware because I had applied to Temple and UD. So trying to decide which one I wanted to go to, I ended up in Delaware. I thought they had a better program. So... Um, yeah, my, my, like, original life was, um, I have a doctorate in education, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, so, um, I went back to UD, I got my doctorate, and I worked in Philadelphia, so I commuted back and forth, but that's how I ended up in Delaware, and I really wanted in-state tuition, so I stayed. Resident, yeah. So I stayed here, and now I'm just here. Okay. <laughs> but you met your husband, and your life is here. Yeah, now. well, yes, but I didn't meet my husband here. Oh, no, okay. He's actually from central Pennsylvania, and now he has moved to Delaware. Oh, okay. Because I was not moving there, so. Where in central Pennsylvania? Um, Elysburg by Knobles. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, there's... Went, I went to school in central PA uh, okay. for college. Where? Uh, Bucknell. Oh, so Lewisburg. Okay. Yeah. 
Yep. Yeah, so you know, there's really not a lot happening there. Yeah, loved it for college. Mm-hmm. For undergrad, it was right. great. Not yeah, somewhere he, I would want to live in my 20s. Yeah, he 30s. was convinced, you know, like, oh, you can, it would be great here. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not happening. Yeah. So either you come here to where the people are, or, you know, you already don't. But So he did. Of yeah. course he did. And, you know, brought the dog. <laughs> okay, and you... Okay, so we talked about the fact that you are not a great foster parent because you just became a real parent. That's true. Um, a real pet parent. So um, you're pretty involved with the rescue. Can I am. you share yeah, what absolutely. rescue and some yeah, of that with us? Absolutely. So I volunteer um, with a rescue actually out of Maryland. It's called Reach Out Rescue. Um, we're, the P.O. Box is based in Warminster, or not Warminster, Westminster, Warminster, Pennsylvania. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> and But it's a foster-based organization. So uh, there's fosters um, from Maryland, um, obviously Delaware, where I am, into south, southeastern Pennsylvania. And then we touch into, you know, Virginia, West Virginia. Mm-hmm. So we're a pretty small organization. Maryland area. Yeah. So we're pretty small, and I really like that. Um, I've really connected with a lot of the, the people who volunteer. So I'm a little bit further away. I kind of was able to branch us more into Delaware than the rescue had been. Um, but it was like really important to me to it's volunteering is very important to me. I feel like we all need to should do that. It's an ethical principle of mine. Um, and I feel like there's always ways you can give back to the community. Um, and mine is animals. Like, I mean, I just I love the animals so much. I want to help in whatever way I can. So I actually had um, reached out to, and I'm not going to name names, to a bunch of rescues in the area when I was determined that I was going to do this. And, and I didn't I didn't get a response. So, and I understand people are overwhelmed. They're, they're flooded with stuff. So, you know, I thought, well, I guess I'll just try more. So I started reaching out a little bit further, a little bit further. And anyway, I ended up at, with this rescue in Maryland. Um, I've been with them for a couple years now. And they're awesome. They're just an awesome, great group of people. Um, we pull most of our dogs from Southern Shelters. Um, so, yeah, so Nutmeg came from a different foster rescue that's based in Southeastern PA. Um, and she came, I was told, from North Carolina, her litter. Mm-hmm. Do you, I don't, you probably don't even remember Nutmeg. No, she doesn't. Um, yeah, so we, we, we pull most of the dogs from, from the Georgia area. That's where my foster fails from. He's from Georgia. Um in any case, you know, we pull uh, mostly from the euthanized list, and we do a lot of seniors as well. Uh, we'll take mostly any dog, but we end up with a lot of seniors, um, which is awesome. So, But since I'm not fostering right now, I do other things. I do a lot of application processing, so I'm we call a, an application counselor or adoption counselor. So um, when people apply for a dog, I do, like, the background checks, reference calls. I do it all from my desk, and... Um, and then, you know, communicate back and forth over email and try to help place them with a dog that fits them. So, yeah, it's really great. It's really rewarding. I, I, I love it. I love being able to help in that way without actually having to really go anywhere or do anything. Right. I mean, there, right. We, we do those events, of course, you know, and we have lots of events as well. But on a day-to-day, it's, I can just pitch in when I can, and, you know, it's, it's great. It's really rewarding just a part of my life and it's just what we do so yeah no um I am a big fan of rescues especially um all foster ones obviously mm-hmm. like we need the humane society we need that absolutely absolutely we all have places. our roles yes um, but foster ones are really really great um especially for people who for my rescue they do have a lot of litters of puppies mm-hmm. um but it's a mixed bag of what you'll get absolutely so I was told yeah. she was a plot hound um not really she's not no yeah Pretty quickly, I A learned. little bit. Maybe some mix in there, but terrier of some sort. Is that true? Do you want to tell her what you are? Do you know? She doesn't. Most of them don't know breeds. They don't, don't understand know. that. Yeah. Did you have a DNA test on? I did. She says, I'm a pit boodle retriever. Oh. She's, she's, so almost, they, they... she's almost half American Staffordshire, almost half poodle Shih Tzu. Wow. And some golden retriever and some other. Mm-hmm. But she's she's a we have actual my parents have actual retrievers. She's the best one. <laughs> um, yeah, they named her Plot because of her coloring because yes. she's Brindle, so they automatically and like, she oh, looks exactly like a Plot puppy, mm-hmm. especially oh, yeah. as a puppy. A lot did. of puppies look like because her retrievers. ears didn't get long and yeah. her snout wasn't long yet. You mm-hmm. know, um, we love you all the time. Yes, you need to sit. I'll give you another one if you sit. Yeah. You know the rules. 
Mm-hmm. I know. You're very enthusiastic tonight, Emmett. <laughs> she knows she has a friend. Okay. Um, so we actually got in contact with you. We had reached out to somebody else who, mm-hmm. um, for various reasons, didn't want to come on the podcast, but, but recommended we reach out to you. And she said that you guys do we'll do readings together. Yes. And you said you went through like a mentorship period. Yes. So how does it work like with two of you? It's pretty cool. Um, we, we do work very well together. Uh, we do a lot of cases together, especially tougher cases. Um, we'll bounce a lot of like if we've lost pets and things like that, it's really helpful to have another insight. So when you have abilities like these, it can come through in a variety of ways. So, um, and like I said, if you practice and you meditate and, you believe like we all have abilities of some sort it's just finding out what is for you and what what works for you um some people are you know clairvoyant which means that you see everyone thinks you're going to see something like oh it's going to magically appear it's like a magic movie yeah and it's not always like that so sometimes it is sometimes you have visual abilities and you get an image or you can see something uh a lot of times for me as it started it's words you know, and I relate more to words. I'm much more of like a literature kind of person. I like to write. I like to read. I like to blog. And that makes sense to me. Words make sense to me. So I'm not surprised that what happens to me is I just get words. Um, so I don't always see it as a picture, but I might hear it. So I'm hearing words. Um, my uh, my friend who is also uh, very intuitive by, um, by trade, she's a chef. She always gets tastes. Always like we, we, we do this with people Taste. as well. Yeah. So we can do, we can do mediumship with people as well. Okay. So we'll do joint readings. And so she'll say to me, you know, or we'll be in a group and you know, we'll have a client and she'll say like, all I can taste is, is spaghetti and meatballs because, and she's a chef and this makes sense. And then the person across from us cracks up laughing and says like, Oh, that was my husband's favorite meal. So, but she's always tasting things like always, you know, so it's, it's an interesting um, way for her to get information. So you might hear it, you might see it, you might taste it, you might smell it. Um, you know, we all, like I said, it's just, it depends on how the, how the information comes across. But so when there's more than one of us, we just so happen to have different strengths um, you're gonna play with the rubber band. Oh, you're gonna smack yourself. <laughs> Poor Chloe. Yeah, she, every, everything wanted. is a toy waiting for her. Did not work the way she thought it would. Um, so now she's gonna go hide behind the TV. She'll be back. Oh, so, I'm sure. <laughs> so it's really great because when we work together, we each have different strengths. So it just enhances the information that we get because. You know, one of us might be able to see something and then the other one here can hear something and we end up with more details and we can piece more things together. So it's really awesome. I love it. I love being able to work with somebody else. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So you, we've now learned you talk to dogs, cats, alpacas. What's, yep. what's kind of like the animal you've been most surprised to talk to or, or you know, you wouldn't have expected you'd be talking to? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I guess I didn't initially think it went beyond dogs and cats. And then at some point I realized that, oh... It, You're talking to alpacas. It probably does. I realized that when I went to the zoo. I have a really hard time in zoos now. Um, but that when I first really started developing uh, the, this ability and we went to the, a zoo for a birthday party, it was like torture i just wanted to leave do you is everybody just trying uh, yes. to tell you they're all talking at the same time and they most of them unfortunately like they don't really want to be there yeah um and that was the hard part for me because they're like can you get me out of here I'm like i can't like uh yeah like i can't get you out so um so that became like oh i guess this extends to bears and alpacas and fish we have fish at work and they they have chatty as well so fish talk so mm-hmm. i have a fish at mm-hmm. work I didn't bring a picture. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should have. We used to have three fish. Mm-hmm. One disappeared, and then one got really, really sick, and then the third one has been fine for nine months past that. Okay. So the, my coworker, we share a cube. Mm-hmm. He wanted me to see if our fish that we have left knew what had happened. So the fish just disappeared. Yeah, we came back from Christmas, and we have like an automatic feeder for them too. Yeah. We came back from Christmas and. Our fish was gone. Oh, wow. So we think the now deceased ill fish... Ate the other fish. Ate him. Yeah. That's how he got sick. We Probably. think. Yeah. We think. Probably. Yeah. 
Wow. But if I'd known, I would have brought a picture. Yeah, so yeah. Your picture is the best way to communicate. Um, even in person, it's actually harder. Like, it's actually hard to talk to your own pets as well. Like, a lot of times I have to bounce that off somebody else just because you know them so well. And when you're with them, a lot of times, like, people I do... Um, and I'll tell you this when we talk about events, but I go to a pet store once a month and I do readings there. And people think it's, and it is super fun, but they think it's fun. They want to bring their animal with them, which is great, except that they want, all they want to talk about is what they're doing there and not what. There's too much excitement yes. to talk about other things. Right. Yeah. So if someone wants to focus on a behavior thing or a trauma thing or, you know, like, where did they come from? Can you tell me their backstory? I do that for the rescue a lot, by the way. I tell a lot of. Um, they'll, they'll come to me and say, like, do we know the history? Like, can you clue us in a little bit on, like, Does it help why you to learn, like, doing if this? they're going to be a good match with a family that has a cat or kids, yes. et cetera? Absolutely, okay. yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so I can ask them things like, have you ever seen a cat? You know, what do you think of them? And they'll tell you, like, oh, they're fun to chase or they're fine or they don't bother me or things like that. So, but for the rescue, we do a lot of that with, especially if we're seeing a lot of trauma, you know, like, well, what happened, um... You know, is there a story that we that will help us make a better match for, for this pet and a new family? Um, anyway, so when I'm with them in person, it becomes actually a little bit harder because they just want to tell you about what's happening right now. So they're like, oh, we went on a car ride and I'm really excited. And do you think they're going to buy me treats? And really like the chicken ones. And like, smells really funny. And what's that dog doing over there? And this is like what well, I'm getting. And, and I, yeah, especially if you're at like a pet co or something. Yes. That yes. is like... Their mecca. I right. mean, it is and I'm a distraction on every corner. Yeah. So they're yeah. just like, doo, 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 you know, and then it's it's not always like the cool stuff that you want to hear. Um, so it's often, it's just easier to work with a picture. I do most of my, people come in sometimes in person um, with a picture sometimes, but most of my readings are over the phone. Okay. Um, so people will send me a picture. They'll send me a couple questions that they want to kind of get started with. And then based on the picture, I always have to see the eyes. Like it's like looking into the soul. Um, so if I can see the, the animal's eyes and I can start to get a good reading from them. Um, and then it's a connection. Like you have to ask, like, is it okay to talk to you? I mean, some, sometimes no, like they don't want to talk and that's fine. I have yeah, to respect that. Yeah. Well, when we had been talking over email, setting this up, we, I had explained about the interns and you said, Oh, like, uh, you know, I, I'd love to talk to them if they're open to it. Yes. And it sounds like as soon as you walked in the door, they both started shouting. At yes, you. absolutely. Yeah. So I knew they were open to it. Yeah. But, you know, I, sometimes it's a no. It's rarely a no, but sometimes it is, and that's okay. Like, you know, I've, I have been working with a lost pet. The, the pet, lost pets are interesting because cats and dogs are really different. Um, and uh, cats often leave for a reason, and they're, often cats aren't lost. They don't get They've lost. Left. They've left. And, um, you know, at that point, it's like almost a negotiation as to finding out, like, why did you leave? How can we make this better? Um, can we make it better? And, you know, how can we try to bring you home? So sometimes, like, I had a, a case not too long ago where he, the cat, you know, he was done talking. And he, he didn't want to talk anymore. There's nothing you can do, say no. that will make me come back. Right. So, I mean, that's, that's unfortunate when that happens. Um, but, you know, I, I have to respect free will of the animal. And then the other thing, so dogs, when they're lost, by the way, they, they, um, they're much... Cats are very descriptive. Like, they know a lot of things. They can tell you they, how many streets they crossed, which way the sun is setting... Um, if they turn left or right, a lot of times, like they, they just know a lot of details. Uh, they're very observant and, um, dogs are not. So dogs are funny. Cause you'll ask them like, well, what did you, what did you see when you left? And they'll tell you squirrel. Well, what did you pass? What else did you see? I didn't see anything else. I saw a squirrel. Like all they're focused on is the squirrel. And then, you know, you say like, well, do you know how to get home from where you are? No. Because I don't know what I passed when I got here. I just was focused on the squirrel. Mm -hmm. Whereas cats can tell you, you know, like, oh, I went four streets over to the right and the house is blue. So, you know, it's 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 really different. Does she know she's not allowed on the couch? Oh, yeah. She's absolutely doing this on purpose for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. She's testing you out. Um, I don't even remember what the original question was, so I, I don't know if I answered it. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the same. The same. Um, no, that was great. Um, we talked about lost pets, communicating with pets, and we talked a little bit about pets who have passed and communicating with them. Mm -hmm. Um, do, do you find like pets who have passed when people ask you to reach out to them, do they tend to be very responsive? Um, they do. Yes. Yeah. They, they, um, are responsive. They do come through and 
I think we all have the same worry is that are they okay? They're always okay. Well, I mean, of course they are. They're of always they are. okay. I mean, yeah. we, we I, in the human form, worry about that. Like, you know, where are they? Where do they go? Is is there someplace else? I already believe that there is. Um, I've never had an animal not at another place, you know? So, yeah, they, they're always okay. And they always forgive you. Like, we spend a lot of time beating ourselves up about how things ended. Right, um, right. You know, if we had to uh, put an animal to sleep because they were sick or something like that. So we're in this grief period where they're okay. And they always tell me that. Tell do, my mom I'm okay. Do they end up, like if you have dogs who were a pair in whatever way, do they end up together? Yes. Yeah. Often they do. And they're often with a relative of yours. Okay. So, I'll you know. Sure. My dog passed this summer. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I'm good. We all feel fine about it. But. It's sad. It's certainly sad. She was 17. She was. Yeah. 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 We all feel good about the decision. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's still a decision. And then I was 12. So. Right. Right. I mean, it's a big decision. Obviously, they're a part of your life. I think for, for me and a lot of other people, grieving an animal is almost harder than grieving a person. And I don't mean that in a callous way. It's just. The relationship you have with them is so close, um, so it makes it makes a lot of sense to me, and and I know it's awesome when people can have that connection again, and we can have closure if they need it, and they and they understand that you know everything's okay, and a lot of times um, the pets are are they're they're mostly a lot of times still with you, like they come between our world and the other and the other side, and. Um, you know, you might hear tags jingle, you might feel them on your bed, you might, all of these things. And it's real. Like it's real. If you want to, if you want to believe that it's real, I just had a a reading not too long last week, um, with it, it was a bonded pair and they're, they're older. One has passed recently. And, um, the, the client actually asked me to talk to the one that was, was still alive because she started acting strange. Um, despondent and and she hadn't really been like that but you know she said is everything okay is she sick you know like is she depressed because her buddy's not here they have since gotten a puppy I mean it's been several months but they had they have a puppy now and you know does she not like the puppy is she upset that we had the puppy is we're probably replacing the other dog kind of thing so I did the reading and um it was it was really interesting when I was talking to her immediately she wanted to know why they were ignoring the dog that had passed away. Oh. Yeah, so the the animal that was still living could still see the other dog, but in spirit. So the dog is there. And that's very real to them. Like, they see much more dimensions than we do. So um, they see other animals. They see other spirit forms and things like that. And if they're familiar in the environment, then they're used to that. Um, so she was really upset because... Mom and dad are ignoring my buddy. Why? Why are you? Why are you ignoring her? Like she's, she's right here. So, all, I mean, usually they understand that the dog is passed. They can usually sense that and feel it and understand that that transitions happened. This dog in particular didn't, and I have to explain so that did to you her. Have to, yeah, I did. did. I said you know tell? that your buddy isn't. She's not really here anymore. Like she's crossed over on the other side. And but and then it's confusing. Well, I see her, she's right here. I you know, of course she does, but she's not she's not real anymore to humans. Like we can't see her. It's her energy that you're seeing and it's taking a form that you recognize, but she's not being ignored. We we just can't see her. Like she's not there to feed anymore. She's not there to cuddle with anymore. Like it's just it's still real to you, but it's different. Um and you know, what the the person was of course surprised like oh I didn't, didn't realize that she didn't know you know but she didn't for whatever reason she didn't it didn't click in her head because she never saw her leave um so they always want they always want us to know that they're okay they're okay on the other side and they're usually with you and they're usually sending you messages you just have to listen um and uh I mean it's the messages that come through are usually really awesome and they become much more personal than I feel like from a living pet. Like they, they're much more reflective on you and your life and like telling you, you need to slow down or you need to, you know, get another dog or 
whatever, whatever it might be. So we are about out of time. So do you have any like upcoming events I do. for the rescue or yeah. other stuff you yeah. have in your life going Absolutely. on? Um, um, yeah. I have three, uh, the rescue always has events happening, but for me, um, actually I, in the, my day job, um, I own a business on, on Kirkwood highway called Aspire Wellness. And, um, we have events there. So this Thursday night, at 6.30, we, it's actually not a pet event. This is like a mediumship people event. Um, it's called Messages Unsaid. So we still have tickets for that event. But that's like a very small group setting. Um, okay. And you come and, you know, in a group and we, we do a reading. And if you, it, our premise for this, we try to pick a theme. Mm-hmm. So it's if you could talk to one person again and ask them one question, what would it be? Um, so that's this Thursday night at 6.30. And then um, Saturday, November 16th. From 11 to 2, I am at Pet, uh, Pets and Friends in Jennersville Village, um, and people can come by and do readings. And then I donate a portion of those readings to a rescue called um, Four Paws Rescue, and, and that's a cat rescue in Maryland. Um, and then Friday, November 22nd, again at Aspire Wellness at 7 p.m., that's a Friday night, I'm teaching animal communication. So if people want to know how to do this, they come and we talk for an hour and a half and I show you um, the technique on how to how to ground yourself, how to calmly connect. Um, it's very simple, but and then we practice. So it's a lot of repetition and practice and learning how to focus and focus your energy and learning how to talk to your own animals. So yeah, it's really fun. It's a good time. Great. Well, um, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for having me. This has been fun. Yeah. And for listeners, Dara and I gave you guys a couple of sort of upcoming things, but at the top of the episode, I know you're not used to that, um, but there's a lot of stuff going on with holiday exhibits at museums and the gardens and then restaurants doing special holiday events um, and that kind of thing. So please check them out and check out Aspire Wellness and their events. Um, And thank you, Cheryl, for coming on. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. Thanks for listening to the Della Darling podcast. If you want to follow us on social media, we are at Della Darling Pod on Instagram and Twitter and the Della Darling on Facebook.